So then I says to the waiter, Waiter, what's this fly doing in my soup? And he says, apparently it seems to be the backstroke. Oh shit, God damn it! we're live, we're recording. Fuck, this thing's on. Um, hello and welcome to the You Show Show. It is the show where you show things. Uh, today I am joined by my good friend, Ian Merritt. Ian, hello and welcome to the first episode of the You Show Show. The You Show Show. Hi everybody. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. It's rainy. It's cold. It's almost Thanksgiving. These are these are these are you know however you like it. These are pretty solid things. It's a perfect day to sit down and do nothing and record a podcast. Exactly. Um, Ian is the executive producer at Cars.com. Um, you also have your um, your website, Unicorn Rose, right? I've got a couple of them, but yeah, that actually, I probably took that one down, but you know, I got, I got a couple of things that I, that I keep my hands busy with. What's the, what's the best one that's worth checking out if anyone want to check it out? Um, if anybody wants to check out my work, it's at ianmerritt.com, I-A-N-M-E-R-R-I-T-T. Um, I do a lot of photography and videography and I direct, I produce, I don't act. Well, occasionally I do. God, yeah. I got sucked. I got suckered into acting a couple of times, but but yeah, ianmerritt.com. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude, thanks for being here. Um, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to take I'm going to take a minute uh, and kind of explain this 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 show this podcast. What sounds better, podcast or show? I don't. It both sound weird to say. It's a show. It's a show. It's the you yeah. show show. There we go. Own 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 it. It's a show. Yeah. You show show. It's the show where you show things. Um, yeah. So the idea behind this was um, I I really like uh, like critiques and reviews um, things like that in that nature. Um, like I'm on YouTube quite a bit. Like when I'm working and I'll like there's a group called like Red Letter Media. I really like them. Um, Chris Stuckman, he's a movie reviewer, video game reviews like IGN stuff like that. I just really like it. I really like analysis and I like review. I think that the ability to like talk about things is always from like a place of passion is always good because in my opinion, it helps you understand said thing better. You know what I'm saying? Totally. And so I wanted to come up with something that isn't just modern and trending. A lot of those, like, you know, like YouTube channels and everything that I just said, like a lot of them always have to stay with like a lot of like the current movies and stuff like that of whatever's coming out, because that's how a lot of great, you know, social media works. Um, but I wanted to go ahead and go back and talk about the things that really stand out to us. So the idea yeah. for the show is I bring on a guest. In this case, it's you, Ian. The guest picks something, some form of a medium, um, a movie, an album, a video game, a board game, poetry. I don't even know what. That's kind of something I think that's going to be worth discovering um, as all this goes on, is to kind of see what people can come up with. Um, and then you show you the guest share something with me and then i share something of the same capacity back to you so again if like you shared a movie i would share a movie if you share a music album i share a music album and hopefully it's something i'm not very privy with and vice versa it's something that you're not very privy with um and then we sit down and we talk about why we picked it and why we liked it and kind of what does it mean and where does it come from and where does it go it <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, you're you're basically talking about creative people talking about creative things and and how um, you have a ton of friends who are who are creative people who enjoy di- you know digesting things in 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 ways that that the normal human being probably doesn't digest them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like uh, yeah, yes, that's a great way of putting it. And I could talk about that for like six hours so i'm not going to i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna spare that but i, I think that'll that, be like, episodes 13 through 16 yeah, exactly the, the dark times of the show <laughs> um but i think um i, I really wanted to kind of come up with something that's like positive and just let the person speak like you could go on youtube right now and like you could type in star wars episode eight and you're gonna get five million videos of why it's great and you're going to get 5 million videos of why it's terrible and you're going to get 200 million comments of like people arguing and i feel like a lot of our culture now is like this like it's like everything is like it's like it has to be like perfect and it's like well it's okay things to just be okay but furthermore like to talk about it and accept those things of what people like generates that a little bit better does that make sense like no it totally does it's just everything now is like Star Wars wasn't the best movie ever made, so therefore I hate it. It's kind of like, well, that's the wrong way to look at it. Like, I'm not a huge fan of the new Star Wars movies, but I don't hate them. I do enjoy them. I had fun, but they're still worth talking about. Right, right. So this show is kind of created to just kind of like show the things people love, kind of create a positive atmosphere. And I'm I'm sure there will be people um, that may not like what I share and vice versa, but then to kind of even, I think, talk about that and say, hey, this isn't for me, but it's for you and maybe help other people then discover that as well is kind of the goal for all of this. So I like that. Yeah. So just kind of a positive atmosphere and um, go from there. Anyway, I've rambled long enough. So um, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for the like the six people that are probably listening to this, um, two of them will probably be my parents. So, hi, mom. Um, <laughs> you picked. Um, you decided to go with music. I feel like you're yeah. you're a big music guy, and um, so you picked the album "Control" by Page of the Lion. Yes. And I picked uh, "Cosmogramma" by Flying Lotus. Two, yeah. I would say, very opposite. Uh, uh, styles of music and two very opposite albums indeed totally um but still in the same kind of vein of like of of independent music kind of below the flying below the radar like they're they 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 may not you would never see them next to each other in a in a um in a record store but um i could see them playing next to each other in a playlist somewhere i i don't know why but it, i think it's possible yeah and i feel like the one thing that actually these two albums do have in common is I feel like they only work in their entirety. Yeah. Like you can't, you could play one of the songs, but really to get the feels for both the albums, you need to listen to it from start, start to finish. Yeah. That's a good point. That's actually something I haven't thought about. Um, well let's, um, let's jump into your album. And yeah. That'll be, that'll be our first album is, um, our first, First, first show is controlled by Page of the Lions. So let's start with, um, let's start with like, so why, why did you pick this album? 
Yeah. So it was funny when you asked if, if, if I would help you out with this podcast, I was thinking of what, you know, normally the, the, the record store nerd in me was like, Oh, cool. What could I stump Calvin with? And what, <laughs> what, what cool tracks could I play for him that he's never heard before? And then, you know, can I laugh at him because of that? And, and then that, <laughs> that slowly died down because you also have an appetite for music that, that, um, you tend to listen to a lot of stuff. And so I was like, all right, cool. What would be a good and and I was on a kick recently of of just kind of revisiting records that that meant something to me in a in in the time and space that they happened in my life and and which is which is how we all digest music like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know we we hear a record and uh, it affects us in in a way that that might be different the next time we hear it and so um, when I first heard this record I was. It was interesting. It's a, it's a, so the album itself is all a, is a fictitious story about a man who's having an extramarital affair yeah. and how it, how it, how it, um, affects his family and, and the kind of a crazy arc from the insanity of, of, you know, screwing around on someone to the, um, manic wife to the to the final finally the 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 lead character dies i'm not really giving anything away here yeah um, no yeah yeah Spo- spoiler alert um the husband dies in the end yeah <laughs> of his music alert. album he does not make it um no but it, it's one of those things that that it has such a profound like each song has these is, is such a it's a heavy heavy kind of load to to deal with and and it came out in 2002 um i remember hearing it briefly in a record store and then a, a really good friend of mine who was um ashley han who's a who's a friend of mine from college she was like oh you got to own this record and she gave me a, a used copy of it like right after it came out and um this is also when people were ripping music so i think somebody bought it ripped it and yeah. gave it handed it around um and it just was one of those things where I, I was in my first what i would call like an adult relationship where like you know you're seeing someone and you, you're going through all these like could this be the person kind of moments and like you're seeing glimpses of of like some maturity in myself and 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 in others and so it's a very very fucked up way to to ingest this record because it is really heavy and, mm-hmm. and quite quite um kind of kind of deep in its thoughts of of you know of of messing around on someone and, and what that does to the world and your relationship and um it's re- it's really powerful in that sense, and so I was you know I was coming out of like a I was in my my mid twenties and I was just like trying to figure out what what was next for me and what was going on and it was a very very pivotal point in my life of of starting my creative career and and um, yeah you know I, I I was I was evolving from you know college student who had a radio show to young graphic designer to whatever I was getting into and so. Um, this record really kind of like this record and I, there was a couple of movies that kind of went along with this. Um, I really got into a bunch of French cinema, like, um, the movie Amelie mm-hmm. and there were other ones where I was like, Oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever made. Yeah. And like, yeah, blew my mind. And, and it was, it was definitely like, I just was in that moment of sucking up everything. And so, um, yeah, so that's kind of how this, this record impacted me. So was, and when we were, when you were talking about what I should, what I should pick for, a record that we should talk about. It's like, oh man, I should revisit Control and some of the other, some of the other kind of um, indie rock records that came out at that time. And I really got deep into into a bunch of bands that I've, I've loved forever. But this one just stuck out for its 
poignancy and it's um i don't know it's 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 mature themes even though um i'm pretty sure that the guys who wrote it were maybe three or four years older than me so it's like you know there's no it's a it's an interesting kind of stamp in in the early aughts of what what uh what you know indie rock was supposed to be so i um no i agree with all that and i i i really like the album and i would say that had we not done uh this little experiment i probably would have never listened to this i would have never gotten there on my own that's for certain um I highly recommend everyone that's um, into like iTunes listed as alternative rock. I think that's a fair label. I don't know how to label sure. music. It's, it's college indie rock. It's it's um, for fans of like Built to Spill and The Shins and Modest Mouse and I don't know. There's a bunch of of bands of that era ilk. Yeah. It kind of reminded me, I don't know, I sometimes, see, sometimes I get, like, when it comes to talking about music, I get a little nervous, because, like, like mu- music people are like, oh, you don't upset them. Like, you can upset film people, but you cannot upset music people. Don't, because don't never... say Radiohead. No, I wasn't, no, wasn't going to say Radiohead. Um, it reminded me of um, early, better uh, Death Care for Cutie as well. I, yeah, I kind of yeah. felt a little bit of that. Some of like the sounds and the tones I felt were kind of similar in vain. Um, Very much so. And they're, and they're, and they're legit contemporaries. Cause at the, at the end of my college career in the nineties, those were the bands that were touring around then that were doing the, doing the small club shows. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a, there's a number of them that could be listed there, but you know, uh, they all kind of branch out of what came after grunge. And, you know, this is, these are, these are torchbearers for sunny day real estate and, and, um, you know, bands that, that for lack of a crappier term, they're, they're emo bands, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's that uh, emotional rock that resonates with people, but also has a beat you can dance to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And, um, I would say it's pretty chill. It, it's something that like, um, I would I, like, I always, I kind of like in my mind sometimes put like albums in categories, I compartmentalize everything in my head. And so it's like, this is, this falls in the category of like, you, you kind of listen by yourself. Like I would never put this album on if like I had a, like friends over or a party, obviously. I right, mean, right. Maybe if everyone really loved the album, but the likelihood of that is pretty small. Um, but this is definitely something that like you can listen to, I would say like while you're working, definitely while That's, you're driving, like, yeah, that- that's really interesting. I don't think I've ever played this record for anybody. Yeah. Like, and there's a, there's a group of friends that I have that are very much like music heads and we all, we all trade records and things like that. And this one always pops up every now and again, be like, Oh, remember control. And then it just like, you kind of just go down that rabbit hole, but you never, you never play it with other people. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would never play this out loud. It's a a headphones (laughs) record or a car record for me. Yeah, exactly. Like you definitely like, there's there's a couple of adult things in this that like if you were just casually listening you, you might not hear but they're definitely in there um yeah. and that's kind of like what you said about the story which i definitely want to come back to and talk about but yeah i think this album is very um very personal and so i feel like it, it works really well uh, to listen to it personally then as well um um i I had heard of Pedro the Lion in high school. A friend of mine, like you were saying, rip, ripped CDs and burned CDs back in the day. That was like, 
I man, oh, quick rabbit hole. I my dad bought when I was in high school the dual tray CD burner that you could put the actual CD in the left side. And I think it could store in its memory bank like up to 10 CDs and then you could oh, burn them on awesome. the right tray. Oh man, yeah. that was that was the coolest thing in the world. And now that thing is lucky to be a, like a coffee tray. Like, it's a paperweight. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, well, and that was that was the joy of the 90, late 90s and early aughts was that you had any 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 kid with a Mac and a super drive could burn whatever the hell you wanted. You could burn it as a, and then um, you know, car CD players could play data CDs. So you just, instead of burning a track, you know, in real time, you could burn, you know, 750 megabytes of data, which was however many songs, 30, depending on what you ripped it at. And you, you know, you just had a, you had a, you know, it was a traveling hard drive. It was crazy. Dude, the data CD. Oh my God. I haven't said the word data CD in probably like yeah. 15, 20 years. Uh, yeah, I mean, we used to burn. There's no reason to. No. We, now, we even <laughs> used to, I remember I had, because you had to get like a special, yeah, you always had to get a special CD player. Yeah, yeah, to play data CDs. And, uh -huh. and actually, car cars started coming out with them in like, you know, 2000, 2001, somewhere in there. So you could get it in a, in a, you know, in a car. So you just, instead of burning, mm -hmm. uh, what is it, what's a CD, 70 minutes or whatever, you could put it into something that was now like you know hours. here's here's hours of, yeah. it's crazy it's so funny um yeah. but i i had a friend of mine yeah had she had burned me a a copy of uh it was achilles heel by page of the lion I, uh, yeah uh, which is their album after this one after yeah. control um i have not listened to it uh recently and i remember in, in high school because in 2005 i would have been yeah, I graduated in 2005, and um, at that point in my life, I don't think I was uh, probably mature enough for uh, uh, Pater the Lion. Um, yeah. At that point, like, Death Cab for Cutie was probably, like, the most mature band I was probably listening to at that point, but a lot of, like... Um, Power Man 5000 and like Rob Zombie and oh man so much embarrassing stuff that I actually still have in my iTunes which is kind of a fun fun little fact every now and then I look at it and I'm like would it be fun to listen to it again but probably <laughs> not so yeah um but I would say yeah this is definitely more geared uh for an adult crowd um yeah it's a chill album it's good well and it's really interesting because it is it is like a super yeah, I mean, David Bazan is two years older than I am. So, like, how is he, in 2002, writing about something as insanely intricate and without cliche? How is he writing about a, a, a husband who is a capitalist who cheats on his wife and has these, like, you know, two cookie cutter kids. Like how, how I, I, the one thing that I love about this record and that I think a lot of artists miss is when they start to talk and tell stories that aren't truly their own. Mm -hmm. um, they tend to either oversimplify or, or kind of, they, they tend to get watered down and become cliche and they aim for the, the like, they aim for telling, telling the like either like crazy, you know, glorified version or it's like the, the, the milk toast version and this is like this one is like in in so many words it it just like is so hard hitting and so uh um it's one of those it's one of those songs like the one of those records where each song you're just sitting there like it's playing in your head it's cinema mm -hmm. it's 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 cinematic it, it it creates this story in your head and you're like oh my god i know exactly what that is 
I have empathy for everybody in this song and, <laughs> and, and sympathy for some of them. And so it's this weird, like it crosses, it crosses genres in that respect. And I think a lot of when, when people say emo bands and they think of like, um, you know, fallout boy mm-hmm. and, and, and the trite crap that came after, yeah. you know, bands like braid and, and Pedro the lion and, and, uh, the get up kids and, and, um, you know, uh, Sunny Day Real Estate. It's like they, those were bands that, that on their first couple albums, you listen to them and you're like, oh my God, you're me, I'm you, I get it, and this sucks. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and 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 it and and this album for some reason, even though this is not autobiograph- uh, autobiographical, it's just crazy, and it's such a, it's so interesting how it hits home on every on almost every level, and it and it's. It truly is cinematic. Like I see, I see the album playing out as a movie, and I see it. Um, you know, the the music follows the mood, and the moods are up and down. And it's mm-hmm. really it, that's one of the things that, as a record, it's ten songs. It's you know forty minutes long, and it just goes. It takes you on a ride, mm-hmm. and it's and you. I almost feel bad. Like when I first heard it. I had to go all the way through because I wanted to know what happened in the end. Mm-hmm. And it's like watching a movie. And and even to this day, I have a hard time listening to just one song off this record. I have to listen to it in mm-hmm. three or four song snippets because it doesn't, I don't feel complete without that, you know? Yeah. I um, Yeah. That, and that goes back to what we were saying again. Yeah. Like definitely, if you're going to listen to this album, take the time to listen to the album. Um, and that goes back again. Yeah. And so then this, 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 the the album has as we've been saying it's, it has a story to it. It does yeah. have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And um, I'm one of those people that I don't know if there's like a word or a phrase for this, but so I have a really hard time when I listen to music. Like I hear the lyrics, but I hear it more as an instrument, and I can't actually make out what they're saying most yeah. of the time. If I want to figure out a song lyric, I, I got to hop on, you know, Google and, and look it up. Um, and so I didn't I didn't get that on the very, very first viewing, but playing it over and over again, um, again, whether I was just listening to it directly or doing work, I was picking up on things like the very beginning of the album is about him meeting a young woman. So that's kind of the idea of like, you know, him being young and falling in love and... Yeah, then like you said, they have kids, he gets a job, he's kind of miserable with his job, and then at the end it is about his death. And so I did pick up on it eventually, and I'm glad you brought it up because I too wanted to bring it up. And I I intentionally withheld Googling that because I felt like it would be more fun to just kind of talk about instead of the actual facts, just like kind of like what does it mean to, I guess, like us and maybe other people, but... um yeah, I did pick up on it definitely after a while. It just for me, it just took a, like an extra few minutes. Um, but the points that he makes, they make in the album are like all very true to life. But I would say in the realm of like mundane. Totally. 
Like they're not, no. like they're not lessons that are going to be like like happy like life is great if you work hard. It's kind of like oh, don't, you know, like I fell in love with somebody and had kids with them, but I don't particularly love them and that does happen right. in this world, especially more so to young people because they just think, you know, this is this is what love is and I have to do this. Um maybe not now, but generally in the past more so. And um yeah, and it's 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 almost the it's 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 mediocrity in the sense of like the the lead character is going through life and making decisions in a way that are um that are like least common denominator and are the least are the least impactful like it's the least amount of effort on on the lead character's part mm-hmm. to, to make these decisions. He's like, yeah. You know, the the first track is called Options because it's like, yeah, you know, I, I, I think I like you a lot, but, you know, it's it's good to have options. And it's like, you're a fucking dirtbag. Right? <laughs> and and but but in the same way, I you know, you can relate to that of mm-hmm. like being being in a relationship and being like, yeah, you know, this is this is fine for now. You yeah. know, and like and, and not like pushing pushing the envelope. And, and but it's it, that's what's that's what's so and it's very middle America, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's uh, oh, yeah, the it's it's suburban midwest suburban east suburban west it, it doesn't really matter it's it's the it's the keeping up with the joneses living in the right size house driving the right car it's it's superficial like it's so skin deep and and you can tell that the the lead character is just that he's skin deep And that's what's that's what's so I think mesmerizing about it is that it's like it's like okay what does Skin Deep produce and and I think a lot of the empathy and and sympathy I have for this record stems from the fact that I know this person on so many levels and I I he's he's a he's a a parent to friends of mine growing up mm-hmm, or you know mm-hmm. um, the kids in the book and the in the record are are my, my friends you know and so there's something even now as an adult like I see my my kids friends parents in this way you know and so there's something there's something that he touches on that is universal um and i think and i think it's cross cross cultural too i think there's there's this is this is a um a, a slice of life that happens everywhere and and um the 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 specifics change obviously in the and the of of what people are aiming for but but i think this happens everywhere you yeah know? yeah for sure and it's uh, yeah, it's so it's so interesting in that. And it, I think it I think for me to listen to it at the time I was listening to it, you know, 20, 24, 25, it was such a like such a kick in the ass, you mm-hmm. know, to like not settle for the bullshit. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. and I think that's what that's where the that's where I think empathy really comes in, because I would I'd see some of my friends, dads or some of my friends who had settled. Mm hmm. And like, you know, fast forward five years, I'm like, okay, you got divorced. You should have known that. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. We all told you. Like, <laughs> those kinds of moments. And like, we knew you were going to screw this up. And so it, it, I don't know, there's something. And granted, you know, I, I'm, I'm not any anywhere near holier than thou. Like, I get it. Life is shitty and messy. But mm-hmm. like, it's a it's a very interesting, you know, especially at, at you know, he was David Bazan, who is pretty much Pedro the Lion. He, he wrote, okay. I think. Almost all of the record, I think one guy, 
has a little bit of help in it, but um, but it's unbelievable how how at twenty, well, he would have been like twenty five, twenty six mm-hmm. when he wrote it, and mm-hmm. it's like, how do you have that much insight into into uh, you know, mid American life, and 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 the only way you can explain it is that I'm sure that he lived it and mm-hmm. you know where he grew up, and so because there's stories about like like in this there's lyrics and again kind of a story about yeah like the dad coming home and he's miserable from his job but he's miserable from his work and i feel like like what you were saying this kind of like transcends across everywhere but i also feel like it could even be kind of stories even from like the 70s 80s 90s and even a little bit probably into you know modern day um uh storytelling as well it's not just like set in one era um so no, but I could, but I could definitely picture it being set in an era, right? Like, like for me, that version of it was like '80s um, suburbia, you know, like like death of the shag carpet, but everything <laughs> is still in beige, you know, like you're still in in the in the various versions of brown in the house, and it like, you know, there's probably some wicker somewhere. Like, it, it's just like it it feels. And and that was for me, obviously. So if someone mm-hmm. else listened to it now, they could be like, "Oh my god, that was the '90s and wherever." But you know, for it, yeah, it fits. It, it people will morph it into whatever it needs to be. pictured like the father character in my head yeah he had like a just like a standard white button down like button to the very top button black tie black glasses kind of like a 50s 60s look going on was kind of always how i envisioned it in my head but it also kind of like it changes though too there's some parts of the the album that do feel a little bit more modern and i guess not in the musical tone but again and like again what we've been talking about the story of how it it can be a little bit more modern, but can also be again from a time past. And he's yeah. talking about it now as well. But yeah, I agree a hundred percent about how to write about that. I think would be pretty pretty tough because, like you said, when you can't go through it, it's hard to write about it. A lot of writers pull from you know their own life. It makes you want to listen to the album again. And kind of like pick up something new. I would say that it definitely does that. Every time you listen to it, you hear something new. And it's like, oh, that's that's kind of neat. Um, and that's a very cool, cool feature of the album as well. It definitely has replayability. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's, you know, you always you always end up playing the sex song more than probably the other ones too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, do you? Because there is a there is a sex song. So yes, there is. And it's even there's actually, called. There's there's actually two. Well, I'm thinking so. there's one literally called penetration. So yeah, that that one's that one's the song I called defining sex, and then the other one is is all about it. So it's like a it's a funny like yeah yeah. It's about it's about love. It's about life. It's about sex. It's about death. Yeah. It's all in there. Yeah. God, the, uh, the, the chorus that always sticks with me is like, as, as the father goes through all these things and at the very end of the record, he's, he's just literally, he's like, am I going to die? Mm-hmm. And it, and it's like, and it's so, um, 
it's so honest and and like it's like you you know i always think of like um like bad war movies are really good at this where like the the young private who just joined the army gets shot and he's staring there wide-eyed looking at everybody else and he's like oh my god am i gonna die uh-huh. and, and everybody's like no jimmy you're gonna make it and he's always the first to die yeah you're gonna and see your so- wife and brand new son Right. This is this is this is the version where it's like um like platoon where there's like two <laughs> like haggard Vietnam grunts who have seen it all. Like, you know, they've been shot fifty times. So they're like, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna die. I'm gonna make this and they die. And it like that's that's the honesty that it is. It's like it's like, no, this guy like he played with fire and this is what happens. It's it's very interesting. I also like that it also at the very 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 end um the the lyrics yeah he says he says oh my god am i gonna die you know again probably speaking for this father character but then it also then he kind of transforms it and then he says you're gonna die and we're all gonna die yeah (laughs) and that's how the album ends and that's just kind of obviously the truth to life is you're gonna die i'm gonna die we're all gonna die so try to make the best of it in the middle and not compromise and stay true a little bit to yourself a little bit better than this guy did. And uh, yeah. you'll probably be all right. So don't get stabbed by your wife. gonna cheat find a way to you know make it work like in an open relationship setting that's there we go that's the the moral of the album it's so 2020 of you thank you yeah exactly um but yeah it's good i um i really like it it's it's um it's fun and thank you thank you for sharing it um it's it's really good they have um is there um is there any like? Is there other albums? Are they also because I haven't checked them out. I I yeah. I saw they had I, one come out in twenty seventeen. Yeah, his newest records are great too. Um, Phoenix is the brand new record. It's out on Polyvinyl. I, it's really good. I mean, they just have. He just has. He took a he took a, a fifteen year break between Achilles Heel and Phoenix. There's a, there's a couple of EPs and stuff that came out, but like. Um, I, it's funny. I think he he made a couple records. He made Control, which is quintessentially this this you know such an epic record and then they made achilles heel and he just kind of was like all right i think i've 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 you know i've i've dragged it all out of me i don't know what i have left and then um and he's also he's a spiritual guy too he's he's he what was it he he said he's you know you can listen to his music it's got lots of christianity and and things like that and that's it's it doesn't you know, put me off. I'm usually a pretty anti, um, religion and music, but, um, it's, it's a very interesting for him to like, um, yeah, just, just to, to listen to his lyrics and his take on life is very interesting. But his, this last record Phoenix is really, really good. Um, And it also speaks to me in a way that like, okay, cool. You're in your forties. I get it. And I'm in my Mm forties. So we can talk. And so there's something there's, there's very, you know, a lot of a lot of bands and a lot of musicians and artists like they make it big and they 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 sell something that they have created and then they try to recreate that. Mm-hmm. And I think that, mm-hmm. that 
this is one of those bands that that doesn't try to rest on its laurels. It's not it's not trying to make anything crazy new, but it's trying to morph what they're making to fit what they are. So That's it's cool. it's not like the Rolling Stones trying to relive 1968, which is what they do pretty much all the time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like okay, cool. Here's the updated version of that. And so like, it's something that I love seeing that in film. Like um, one of the uh, this is kind of off a tangent, but one of the greater one of the best um, second films in a in a, like you know part two film uh, that I've seen recently is is Train Spotting Two. Okay. Um, the original Train Spotting very messed up, mm-hmm. all about twenty year olds doing heroin in Scotland, and then Train Spotting Two is legitimately a thirty years later. Here's what they would live like, and it is so spot on with how. I was when I was 20 and how I was when I, you know, I'm not 50 yet, but how, you know, fast forward 30 years. And it's, it's like, it's so honest to time. There's no, there's no like rose colored glasses. There's no like, Oh, remember when we were 25? It's like, no, we're 40. Yeah. 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 So it's very, it's something, something wonderful about that. I love when bands um, and musicians and artists in general don't try to replay their greatest hits. Mm -hmm. They try to, they try to play them. You know, you know, even even songs when you see them live, they evolve. They're not they're not what you hear on the record. And so, yeah, you know, I one of my favorite quotes from uh, from someone was uh, Jeff Tweedy was talking about playing, and someone said, you know, you should you should play more Uncle Tupelo records. He's like, I I can't play that fast anymore. Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. It like that's that's like an honest answer. Like, I can't I can't do that. So why should I? You know, why do I need to keep? doing what I did when I was 25 because I'm not 25. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I love about Page of the Lion is that they they have evolved into a, a different band altogether. So that's cool. Yeah. And like I'm, I, can, I can respect that in, in music movies as well of, you know, when you've got something that works, you know, stay true to it. But at the same time too, it would be hard to go back um, to a place where you were at when you were younger, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. 33 now and I can tell you that I would not want to hang out with like the 18, 19 year old version of me. I just wouldn't. And not to no. you know, disrespect that person. He was who he was then who he had to be, but I don't want to deal with it now. And I could imagine that, uh, musicians probably have to kind of go through the same thing. Um, you know, to recall, you know, my favorite band Radiohead and bringing them up finally. Um, you know, they, that's why they, they don't play creep. I because I could not. I just I could not imagine, you know, hearing a song for twenty years and yeah. having to deal with it. That would be insanely hard. You know, when they would go on tour and they play every single week, especially when they got started playing. You know, a song like Creep. Oh my God, I would drive me. It would. You'd lose your mind after twenty yeah. years. So, oh, yeah. um, so you're saying that that Page of the Lion they've held up. They they're they're still very much so. Okay, cool. Yeah. No, I, and I think uh, and I think taking a break for fifteen years helped. You know, like mm-hmm. cool. I'm coming back. I have something to say now because I I think a lot of a lot of artists just continue to say something without something to say. Mm-hmm. And I think that they just hit pause and we're like, yeah, I don't really have much to tell you about right now and i'll let you know when i do and they came back and it's just like uh there's a bunch of other bands who who did that too that i always love um one of my favorites is mission of burma who were a weird like proto-punk band from boston in the in the late 70s early 80s and they they disappeared they got they basically made like two records fell off the face of the earth and then came back um almost 20 years later That's and it's cool. like 
And but then they came back and they made like they've made like five or six albums and they're badass. And it's like, but they needed that. They said what they needed to say at the time. And, and you know, the the two of the three guys kept playing music. But one dude just became a he became a TV producer and didn't pick up a guitar for like 20 years. And was like, oh, yeah, hmm. I should go make a record again. That's cool. You know, and I just I always I always love that, like. Just the creativity doesn't have to continue. You can you can do it in in various ways. And as a creative yeah. person, I always I always am intrigued by how people channel that energy and that that you know uneasiness and 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 it's always it always intrigues me about how they do it because some people just do it and can turn it on like a light switch. I mean, yeah. we both we both have seen that and we're mm. like, oh, fuck yeah. you, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know. And yeah. I I think it's also like it's good to it's I always think for like art and, and entertainment and, and you know media it's it's good to it's good to like it's good to wait until you have something to say and i feel like that's that's really hard i would imagine especially for musicians because you know it's a really weird balancing act of like striking when the iron's hot versus waiting till it's ready and there are definitely have been bands that it's like okay we're popular we got to pump out you know, four more albums in the next four years. And it's like, that's when things can turn sour for some bands. Um, I've, I've definitely seen it happen. Um, and, uh, so that's cool that they, they just kind of waited till, till they were ready. And, um, yeah, I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely check out their, their other albums as well. Do they have any, any more? We've talked about three. Uh, I think there's, I think there's a couple more in the beginning there. I think they've got five total okay so there were there were like um i think it was like 96 98 2000 2002 2004 and then 2019 something around there like there's i think there's five total so okay i might have i might have just added too many numbers together but yeah i think about two years spurts for everything so would you say which one would be better to listen to after control phoenix or yeah go listen to phoenix achilles heel is great but it's it's not it didn't it didn't resonate with me right like Hmm. again there's a time and a place and i think there are lots of times where and i I have a lot of friends who who are you know music snobs and they'll they'll live and die by a record or whatever Mm -hmm. and i'll send them something they're like oh i never liked that Mm -hmm. and they'll listen to it again and they're like oh my god that record's great and i'm like yeah you just weren't ready for it or you were in the wrong headspace to listen to it you know so i think there's i think there's something fun about re-listening to things that you possibly didn't like in your 20s that you might have liked in your 40s you know so there's a oh million percent there's definitely and and film is the same way and i I think i think books are probably the same way although Mm -hmm. i don't read a whole lot anymore i used to but same um, i barely have time to read it all anymore so i hear you i miss my commute man that was when i would sit down with a book or whatever and now it's just like eh I get up and walk downstairs. Yep. No, I hear you. I um yeah, I, I, I will check out their other albums. I um I'm one of the like rare people left. I, I actually buy I buy music still. I don't subscribe to any of the subscription platforms, so I'm always a little bit more reluctant, but I, I can assuredly say that I will I will check out more of their albums after this. So um, Yeah, awesome. I, I like them. I uh I think that yeah, I think that again when I heard when I was introduced to them in 2005, I was not mature enough to be ready for for a band like this because right. got to get that Power Man 5000. <laughs> oh my god! 
<laughs> Gotta get that new Slipknot album, dog. Man, that's that's oh, good shit. I know, dude. Like I said, I wouldn't hang out with eighteen year old me. I'd be like, dude, take your music and your fucking your weird taste in film and just go in the basement. I'll see you. In, I'll see you in ten years, okay, buddy. Just let that just let that oven cook. Just go have fun, buddy. I'll, I'll see you in a little bit. Um, what but, would you say if like um, like if you like band x y and z you will like page you will most likely like Pedro oh, yeah. Lion. what would you um, kind of say for that if, if you're kind of into i think we've kind of mentioned it but like built a spill and and death cab for cutie more of the more of the kind of rocking death cab for cutie less of the piano ballad stuff and um yeah some other some other bands like that uh, uh modest mouse mm-hmm. maybe not maybe not so much the latest but earlier modest mouse that people dig, dig their kind of underground stuff before they became famous mm-hmm. um but even the famous stuff is really good it's just much more pop angled so yeah for sure um uh, yeah it's a it's an interesting one it's a good album yeah do you have, i guess i didn't ask too do you have a favorite do you have a favorite song off this album oh man um Rapture is amazing, but I still think Indian Summer is the 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 one that I love the most, and I I because it describes um it describes how fake everything is at the golf course, and it has this like like kind of yacht club feel to it, and it just is so spot on to like not so much my upbringing, but the upbringing that I just dis- detested, you know, and and. Because I didn't grow up in suburbia, I grew up kind of rurally, and but you know, if anything that that MTV taught me is that I should have been suburban, and I think I just like disliked it for that reason, and so like, I don't know, I just I just dig that song a lot. I like that song a lot too. I think that one probably I don't know if it's my favorite song, but it stands out the most to me. And I'm not going to repeat the exact line; uh, it's a little inappropriate, but there's a there's a line oh, yeah. about. Taste of corporate. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's of raising so your kids. Good. Yeah, and uh, it's and to me that it's it was kind of the idea of like um, impressing uh, upon your children the ideals that you have, even though they're very different. They're always changing. You know, right. when when the you ideals you're through, giving up. <laughs> yeah, but also like I like the pressures of like you know like when my parents graduated high school their life was very different than when I graduated high school. And that's just because of the times, you know what I mean? Like they were in an era where going to college immediately out of high school wasn't exactly the most normal thing. Whereas my generation was, and that song definitely resonated with me because those were things that I dealt with growing up was kind of pressures from people saying, you know, you need to be doing X, Y, and Z. And like you said, I wanted to, you know, I, similar to what you said, I wanted to be in a creative field. I wanted to do something a little bit different. And I kind of pushed and fought that. And I feel like that yeah. album is kind of, that song is um, resonating of those ideas. And it was, yeah, it was kind of. It's it's the ultimate anti-businessman mm-hmm. suit wearing, briefcase carrying thing, which is, which is funny because like my dad very much was against that culture too. And he. Um, in his own way. And so like, I kind of grew up with that little chip on my shoulder, I think more than anything. And, and so it's very funny to me to, you know, obviously reflecting back on this, but like, that's totally, totally what it was is like that. It's a, it's the most anti, like, um, uh, what's a really bad eighties movie, just name any one of them, but like a very, very anti, um, you know, wall street just was like, I'm thinking of like the bad guys, the bad guys from RoboCop. They're like the, the echelon of corporate killing each other. (laughs) Yeah. Like shark skin suits and like, yeah. Smiling through your teeth. Oh my God. 
that's the, what that, the that's bad what guys in Robocop. It's pretty spot on. <laughs> um, well, I let's shift gears. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the album, the album's controlled by Page of the Lion. Came out in 2002. Uh, here in 2020, at the time of 2020, I think the album still holds up. I think it's still really good. I think it's still worth listening to. Um, obviously, I think Ian recommends it as well. Um, Hell yeah. Any other comments on the album? No way, man. Let's go to your record. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to play us out. Uh, that is the first episode in the bag. I don't know why I said it like that. Of the You Show Show. Um, so thank you, everybody, for chiming in. And, uh, yeah, we will. Ian and I will be back, and we will talk about... Cosmogramma by Flying Lotus. I got to practice saying that because that is a uh, that is a mouthful right there. So uh, thank you very much, everybody. We'll see you next time.